Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by John Forsland. He was on the call for Blues versus Avalanche last night on NBC Sports Network. John, we always appreciate the time, my friend. How you doing today? Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How about you? Doing all right. Would be doing better if we got a better result last night for the Blues. But I, I did want to ask, you know, we, we went into this series and we had been reading about how much nationally the Blues are an underdog going into this series did anything that happened last night change your opinion on how you view this series? No, and really, you know what? They they are underdogs, and I think you, you need to accept that. I think I think the team can accept that role, and sometimes that's a great position to be in in a playoff series is to be in that position where uh, everyone counts you out. You know, Craig Berube can can use that in his room, can uh, can put the put the heat on the guys to play better than what the expectation is. And really, I think the trick to this series and the first step in the right direction was if, if Jordan Bennington can continue his level, that's going to be good. But somehow they're going to have to control the transitional speed of the avalanche through the middle of the ice. If they can make an adjustment that way, uh, you know what? I, I think the Blues have the experience. They have the character. It'll help to get David Perron back in the lineup, obviously. But um, I, I think last night is kind of exactly what everyone expected. And uh, now that they have their feet wet, they being the Blues, let's see what happens in the second game, if they can make those adjustments and, and steal one there and then take it back to St. Louis. John, was that game last night more impressive for you of how Colorado's defense played against the Blues, or were you a little surprised that the Blues really didn't have much offense to show other than little spurts? No, that was Colorado, and I've seen them a great deal this year, and I've seen them head-to-head against the Blues. And the Blues have, have done okay, but I think we can't be fooled by some of what happened at the end of the season. Uh, Colorado was in a different place with COVID. Uh, you know, their lineup was a little bit disjointed. The Blues are making their push to get into the playoffs and playing with a lot of adrenaline. Um, but this is, by and large, what we saw last night, how the Avalanche were able to win the President's Trophy is not only are they noted for having this dominant first line led by Nathan McKinnon and this high-powered offensive attack, but they're really good defensively. And then you get to Grubauer, and Grubauer's had a sensational year. But when you look at the shot differential all season, um, they've done a great job suppressing the puck because they play a possession game. The Avalanche have the puck all the time. They're able to get speed through the middle, as I said before. And, and really, that's going to be the trick in the series. Can the Blues handle that? Can they get the puck? 
And when they get the puck and they control the game a little bit and get to the level that they want to be at. John, there's no way to shut down the McKinnon, Landeskog, and Ranton in line. They're the best in the NHL for a reason, but they were outstanding last night. And it seemed like there was just nothing the Blues could do to stop it. Is there anything you've seen other teams do that helps to slow them down that the Blues could potentially implement? How do the Blues at least slow down that line? Uh, gee, I, I don't have the answer to that question. Uh, I got to be honest with you because it's really hard to get there. I, I think the conventional thing to say here, and it's been said time and time again in hockey, and we used to say it back in the day when uh, the Penguins used to run hard with Mario Lemieux and Yager and all those guys, you know, they're going to get their chances, right? You would ask coaches and they would say, listen, they're, they're going to get chances, but it's the level of containment. You know, how do we contain it? Um, if you let Colorado kind of get frustrated on the outside, they like to cycle so much and dance with the puck, maybe that'll be the key. But they're going to have to make sure that uh, the Blues are aligned defensively before it gets to that. And I really think the key for the Avalanche, again, this is the third time I've made the point, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but it's, it's through the middle of the ice. It's with transition. You look at when McKinnon was able to crank it up last night and carry the puck through the neutral zone, hit the line. You look at the gap between the D and the forwards. That's too much ice. So I'm sure they're going to try and tighten that up a little bit, not give up the defensive blue line, and see if that takes them to a better spot. And if it, if it, can, if it does, then you know try to stay in the game, try to stay in there punch for punch, get a lead, get a break, uh, capitalize on a power play. These are all the same recipes teams use when they're up against a team that can be dominant. And to be fair in this series, the Avalanche just have so much, they can be dominant if they're allowed to play their game. John, this series does feel like special teams are going to dictate it. And I know the Avalanche only scored one power play goal last night and the Blues penalty kill was successful in that second period. But if the Blues could could have found a way to score one of those power play goals, you felt like the momentum was going to go back on their side. How important is it going to be for the Blues to find a way to solve this Colorado penalty kill and also solve their power play? Well, I, I think the step in the right direction in the first game was their kill. Their, their penalty kill led them in a direction where they could get back in the game, get the tying goal from Kyrou. So I think that was good. So I think as a team, they probably have some confidence with that. I think their power play can be okay in this series. And and if it is, I think you're right. I think that could be the determining factor. So, you know, again, you look at Mike Hoffman and you just take whatever you get at five on five, but he has to be a key figure on the power play. They have the weapons. They have the personnel to do it again. Uh, getting Perron back helps, but even without him, uh, they they should have you know enough and some confidence from what happened at the end of the season uh, with their power play that will help them out. But uh, those types of things, those those little situations within a playoff game, are really the only thing the Blues are going to be able to hang their hat on. And then if they can have success with those two items, then I think they build confidence. They get back home. You know, and then they try and make it a series. But in the second game, obviously, tomorrow night's going to be really critical for those two things to hold up and, and see where it takes them. John Forslund joining us here on 101 ESPN. He's on the call for Blues versus Avalanche on NBC Sports Network. John, you said a couple of times if or when the Blues get David Perron back. In your conversations with people, whether it be the coaching staff before the game yesterday or um, just the production crew, whatever, have you heard anything on a potential timeline for his return? No, I haven't. And, and you know, I said on the air last night, it's hard enough to get information with any kind of yeah. conventional injury, 
But with COVID, you might as well forget about it um, because we don't even know what the circumstances are, right? Unless I've, I've missed something, I'm no. not sure whether he's being traced or whether he is positive or he's got a false positive. You just don't know. Uh, so you just have to hope that, number one, he's okay. And then number two, this thing, because Wallman's on the list too, uh, and Nathan Walker, I think Walker might have come off. But you just hope it doesn't start to spread uh, among the group. And uh, when it's a key player like this, uh, you just hope that's one of those things that you have to bide your time and get him back in the lineup. So you go day-to-day with it. That's all we can do. We've been living with this as uh, broadcasters all season. Um, really hard to get information out of the teams. Really hard to access anybody. Uh, you know, my career, 30 years plus running here, I've never uh, been through a situation like this where we're going on almost two seasons without seeing you know, a practice, without being in the locker room, without being face-to-face with people. Uh, these Zoom calls, uh, you know, are, are a great fail for any kind of secrecy, and it's just impossible to to ascertain any kind of information. John, I'm curious. You just mentioned you've been in the business now for 30 years. You've been around hockey for a long time. People talk a lot about Connor McDavid and what he's doing in the league. Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin in the past 20 years. But have you seen a player with the skill set of Nathan McKinnon? Because not only does he have the speed, which I think is elite, his shot last night, we saw that slap shot that resulted in the tip goal from Landeskog. And then he's not a small guy. I mean, he laid Vladimir Tarasenko out behind the net. It seems like this is one of those, like, five-tooled players on the ice. You're right. And and he's he's got a, a tremendous amount of power. And, and his power is utilized in his skating. From a standstill, he's probably as fast as anybody. Maybe McDavid's a little bit quicker, but I'd like to see that from a standstill. Uh, when McDavid winds it up, there's nobody faster in the game. But Mc- McKinnon skates with power and authority and conviction. And the other thing that he does, he likes to mix it up. He likes to he likes to take a hit. He likes to initiate contact like Peter Forsberg used to do in the day in order to you know have the opponent bounce off and then just keep the offensive thrust going. He's way better defensively than I think people are allowed to even uh, look at because so much attention is placed on his offensive game. Uh, he's a centerman, obviously, like others, but he's not a winger. In the, in the case of Ovechkin, he's a uh, Hall of Famer. There's no question, right? A great winger, but he's had a great centerman over the years in Nicholas Backstrom to get in the puck. He's had Carlson to put it in the wheelhouse on the power play on the flank for that one-timer, which McKinnon does. So, I mean, he is an amazing player. He was my MVP last year, in my opinion, and he's right there again. And he's just a guy that brings you uh, multidimensional play and, 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 and powerful uh, multidimensional play. And I think the deeper they go, the better it will get for him. John, final question that I've got for you. You're on the call for the Blues versus the Avalanche on NBC Sports Network, but you're also eventually going to be the play-by-play broadcaster for the Seattle Kraken. I'm curious, as you're watching this series between the Blues and the Avalanche, is there any player in particular on the Blues that you're watching? You're like, man, he makes a lot of sense for Seattle in this upcoming expansion draft. Obviously, like O'Reilly's not going to be available, but within reason, are there guys that you're seeing on the ice right now for the Blues that you think would make sense for the Kraken? Uh, listen, Ron Francis wants to win, so he's not going to rely on my opinions. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I'll tell you what, I, I think it, that's a really good question. And, and the problem you have with this is you have to get closer to D-Day. you got to get closer to the expansion draft to understand you know, who exactly is realistically available. Because you could look at an older player with a contract and say, hey, that guy fits. Or you, you might be missing a younger guy that, that is kind of under the radar. Uh, there might be even prospect players on some of these lists that 
you know, that Ron might be already have scouted that might be the exact fit that they're looking for. You look at the way Vegas went about it. There was, there was a different way to skin a cat there. It wasn't just, you know, taking all these tired out veteran players or guys who are near the end with experience like we've seen in the past, you know, 20 years ago with various expansion teams. You know, this was a this was a real um, uh, program that George McBee had already figured out uh, through through free agency trades and expansion draft. And I think those are the three facets. So you have to wait and see. I think this summer is going to be real interesting as far as unrestricted free agency. See where that goes, and uh, and then see what kind of side deals Ron's probably making right now. Right, he's able to talk to teams. And they're probably aligning certain guys, certain teams want to protect and, and or leave unprotected. And in order to leave those guys in a place where they're not going to get scooped up, there's others that the expansion team can come in and scoop up. So that's basically what I think we'll see. Uh, I'm just enjoying the games right now. I can't wait for the expansion draft, the entry draft, and to get out to Seattle and see what happens here. Because I'll tell you what, um, the, the arena is going to be absolutely fantastic. The fan base is yeah. Uh, you know, so energized, 32,000 people on a season ticket waiting list. Uh, and I'm lucky in my career to do this a couple of times from day one with Carolina back in 97 and now being able to be from day one with Seattle, as long as I get to day two, that, <laughs> that remains to be seen. Yeah, well, I can't wait to see those rivalries built up for Seattle in that division. John, if you don't mind, though, pass along a message to Ron Francis for us. Just ask him to stay away from David Perron, please. Yeah, no David Perron, no Ivan Barbashev, yeah. no Oscar Sundquist. Yeah, you can't three, have any yeah. of those three. Those three are off limits. I hear you. Okay, I'll pass that along. And like, like he's done his whole career as a player and manager. He doesn't listen to me, but that's okay. I'll pass it along. Thanks so much, John. You're the best. It's Sean right, Forsland.